Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here, and obviously we're coming into Halloween season, so your list of Halloween horror movies to watch should be, should be you know, should be thinking about them, thinking about the movies that you want to watch. Uh, one to add to the list, Mystic Demon Killer, and not only is this movie um, obviously a horror movie, but how this movie was produced, and the person behind this movie has an insanely crazy, inspiring just ridiculous stories, so much so that we had to um, bring him on, have a chat with the situation that he's in. He wrote, he produced, he edited this, all while being homeless and living on the streets in London. And it's, it's just a, a, an incredible story. And he joined us now to share a little bit more about that. Uh, David Fussell, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, thank you very much indeed. Yes, yes, just, just to clarify a bit, it, it's, it's the post-production and the final edit was done whilst on the streets. You know what I mean? I was in different forms of accommodation in, during a period of time before I ended up on the streets and I hadn't finished the film, you know what I mean, in terms of post-production, mm. so that's what I did. It's an incredible story. Can you just take us back to, I guess, what exactly happened and how you came about making this film? Yes, well, I, I had a, a similar experience to Kevin Smith out of Clerks in that he got flooded out at one time, and he used the money that he got flooded out for to help him do clerks. And I got flooded out, and I owned a house in Wales, and I got flooded out, but I had a dreadful time with the council and the engineers. And anybody that's been flooded out, I'm sure, would understand that this is one of the biggest nightmares you can go through. And I always said that if I get out of it, I'm just going to follow my dreams. You know what I mean? Well, I lost a lot of money in the end because there was a lot of damage done that wasn't covered by my insurance company so I said well who cares if I'm going to lose money in life like I've lost I might as well have something to show for it and follow my dreams so I, I've always been very interested in all the media side of things being a professional musician from the age of 13 although I've been in and out of other jobs including car mechanic and um, basically I just thought, felt ready to make a feature film you know? Well, it's absolutely incredible and I'm sure very difficult as well that, you know, to be able to try and edit this and to manoeuvre when you are living, you're homeless. Well, I was, I filmed it when I had, um, I had a flat in Wales 
Uh, and then when I finished the first edit, which of course is nowhere near your finished product, I was living uh, in some rented accommodation, but then that all went wrong and I eventually ended up living in a van in Wales. Uh, but then things went, uh, became very difficult at the uh, place I was working at. Uh, and I decided that my best bet, even though it didn't seem like a good move at the time, was to move to London and, uh, you know, because I'd be around. I had some contacts in London, but I thought I'd get more support considering the, the dire situation I'd ended up in. I thought I'd get more support here, and that is actually true. That was the story of how I ended up in London, but there was a, there's a bit of a, um, there's quite a story to the actual film surviving because a few people were jealous of me and some people that I thought were friends and I trusted with the hard drive at some point tried to destroy everything. So when I eventually managed to get, although I was on the streets, I had a part-time job for a time which enabled me to save up and get a computer. And when I did get a computer, I found that my hard drive wasn't working, which you can imagine how you feel. You put a lot of money in a film. And I thought to myself, well, I'm in London, one of the big major media cities. I'll look for uh, someone to rescue the disc, which they could do, but it cost me £400. And they rescued most of the disc, and thankfully I'd run off a, a copy of my film and it is a combination of the excellent people that recovered my drive and also I think a bit of luck as well uh, I actually had a full copy of my film <laughs> so then I, it was a process then of finding how I could do the post-production successfully a lot of people don't realize like the work that goes in after the movie is filmed and edited as you mentioned post-production can take quite a oh, long time so yes I mean, one of the final things I did was the end scene. We didn't have any particular dialogue, so I said I would record the dialogue after we'd written it. You know, we did a rewrite on the end scene. And so I didn't record any sound at the time of doing the end scene, and we solved a lot of problems. But, of course, the thing like the uh, the main bad character lighting his scar had no sound effects. So you had no sound effects of him puffing on his cigar and the lighter. So all that I had to add on, and, and that is quite a bit of work, do you know what I mean? Even at the, uh, the final stages to add that, put that all together, you know? And where did you come up with the idea to make a horror film? Well, it, it's, it's common in all countries around the world, yours as, as well as I was living in southwest Wales then, that uh, our wild places in our countries, there's often question marks about are there big cats in the neighbourhood? And the local newspaper, the Carmarthen Journal, put a, had one of those stories, you know, is there big cats in the neighbourhood? You know, a farmer's lost one of his livestock in a suspicious way. This is question marks. And I actually said to my friend, I said, well, what if that was the big cat story was a cover for what might be out there? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, everybody goes, oh, yes, there could be big cats in the wilderness, but there's something more dangerous there, you know? And then that just sparked off a few ideas and uh, I went through many, many scripts, but I made the mistake that all new filmmakers make, and there's no way of fixing this, is that you go to film before your script is really ready. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so really and truly, there was a great process of rewriting all the time, very often when in production. And the amazing thing is what you can make and change in the edit as well. So you can come to a point where you think, oh, 
I don't know what I'm going to do here, but, you know, you managed to fix it, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah. yes. Would you mind taking us back, right? Because I know you, you said you were in and out of certain accommodations. You were living in a van for a little bit and then yes, you moved up to London it. and then a lot of the post-production was done. How long were you How long were you physically on the streets for and how did you manage that and then be well, able to I, it, edit? It took me well? about three years of working a part-time job whilst being on the streets. It took me about three years to actually have enough money to have the equipment to even, do you know what I mean, do what I've just described to you, you know? And I've always used um, Mac computers, which are very expensive. So it wasn't, and my hard drive would only be read by a Mac computer. So it yeah. was, you know what I mean? It was one of those nightmares. And uh, there's a, um, a homeless uh, charity called C4WS here that does some night shelters and and they, they uh, and do some food in normal times, you know what I mean? And I got to a point where the cheap secondhand MacBook I bought wouldn't run the software I needed. And this put me in a lot. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? It's going to take years to save up for anything powerful. Do you know what I mean? And this C4WS very kindly, their offices had MacBook iMacs, and they very kindly arranged for me to go in when people weren't using one of their machines and use one of their machines. Without their help, I wouldn't have finished this film because it would have just been too much of a, a task. But they kindly let me sit there for hours, you know, not just... Uh, um, you know, half an hour here, half an hour there. But if one of their people were away training for a week, I could sit there all week working on my film, you know? Now, I know how costly it is to make a film. I have I've made films yeah. before in the past, you know, short films yeah. that you yeah. might look at and go, Jesus, that must have been done on no money whatsoever. And, you yeah. know, a few grand would have gone into it. But did yeah. you get any funding at all? I didn't get any funding. I didn't go the funding route because I didn't want to be... Um, they, they funding in the UK tends to steer away from anything that might be like spy or horror orientated. You probably wouldn't get funding for that. You know, if you yeah. did a social conscious drama or something like that, they'd love you for it. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be made. They're great films. They should be. But it's very difficult getting funding. And I didn't really want anybody else sort of interfering with my creativity. What I did use was I didn't have enough money to buy myself another house. And I said to myself, well, I'll put my own money in, which is, is not what you always do as a filmmaker, but I really did want to do this project. So I went ahead and put my, the money that was left, which wasn't, wasn't that much because I'd lost so much pain for the damage that was done by the construction of the road even after I was flooded, do you know what I mean? So uh, it's just one of those things. But I don't regret it because I've had a wonderful night of actually having a premiere in Islington, you know, at the screen on the green. Um, a lot, most filmmakers that never even get to that so I really I still believe in following your dreams you know this interview that you're giving me now is something that wouldn't have happened if I had not have done that you know very true because I was going to ask you like did you have any regrets doing this and obviously not but you know the movie is I know it's it's available now by the way if people want to go and yes. download it and you can obviously contribute or rent it and buy it online yes. Mystic Demon Killer but what's your situation like now are you still well now the, the thing is the combination of the because my film has sold quite well I, I've uh, worldwide I've, I've nearly sold 200 copies of my film and most of them outright sales at 10 pounds so that's obviously been helping me greatly and also I just got myself in a position 
because a lot of it is in the big cities. Is like you've got you've got to know the right people. It's who you know, isn't it? And yeah. I just got myself this year in the position where I I was going to get permission to busk because I'm a musician, obviously, on uh, um, TFL uh, railway stations. And I was also going to do, there's a calendar that gets made each year by homeless people being given disposable cameras, which Fuji give away. And we sell the calendar each year at Christmas, uh, like the big issue, we get half the money, right? Well, both those two things fell apart because of the lockdowns and what's, mm-hmm. ha- what's been going on. So this year, if that hadn't have fallen apart, I would have got myself off the streets this year. So <laughs> I'm a bit like, oh no, but at least the online sales has me have a, well, a little bit of money. Do you know what I mean? Which has helped me yeah. greatly over this period. I've, uh, I've worked, because Vice did a documentary about me, I've worked with them on a documentary about what I went through during lockdown, which I wouldn't have been able to do. Do you know what I mean? So I'm hoping, let's hope that things will get back more to how they were and I can perhaps busk again officially. I mean, I never, I never got a chance to do it. This was, this was going to be the first year I was going to busk. But, and then hopefully we can sell the calendars again face-to-face to people, which we haven't been able to do this year, you know? So, um, so you plan yeah. on staying in the film industry and continuing on doing well, doing what you uh, love? My, my skills are really in the music and recording and filming. So I think I would be throwing a lot away. And, and also, I, I know it sounds funny, the, the, the money you earn can be spor- sporadic. But in terms of like most jobs these days, like in retail, the money is really bad. I mean, even in London, do you know what I mean? And uh, it's I, I don't see why I should turn away from opportunities to earn good money to go and just stack a shelf again, you know what I mean? Or something like that, you know? And as I say, I have achieved uh, this amount of success that I've achieved now, you know? So, uh, so before we let you go, once, thanks a million for popping on. Said it's, uh, it's amazing to hear from someone who's achieved so much when life has just tried to kick you in the nuts so many times yeah. and you've just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, yeah. If, someone's, if someone's listening and has an idea or wants to do something and maybe doesn't feel that they have the resources, the ability or, or the, mm. the facilities to do it, what would you say to them? Well, I, w- I would say, I mean, when I did my film, I had to buy very expensive DV cameras and uh, these things cost loads more than even the top phone that you can buy now. And you could probably borrow a phone from a friend of yours. There's no no excuse to not do your film do you know what I mean whether you do it on an, a phone or whether you do it on any of the digital SLRs or any of the new special video cameras you know, there's no excuse not to go ahead and do that and I would say find a way of, of doing it because I, I've you know uh, as somebody my friend Chris Jones who writes the Grillers Filmmakers Hand make his book said he says when people are on their deathbeds they don't regret what they've done they regret what they never did and the one thing I know is that I'm not going to be on my deathbed going oh I wish I'd have done that I should have tried that no I'm going to try everything I want to try and get to all those you know highs no matter I don't mind how low the lows are providing I have those highs in my life that give me that opportunity you know and uh, and memories you know well I think you're an inspiration to many people that will be listening yes well I hope I have been an inspiration to people and, and seeing that you know you can keep getting up you know I mean I come from my dad was quite a bit older than me when I was born and my dad had gone through World War Two. 
You know what I mean? So I, you know, like I say in the documentary, my parents went through a war. I mean, oh, I, I've been through tough stuff, but it's nothing like they, you know, went through and sacrificed. So there's there's no reason. And if you keep getting up, it, it does get better, you know, or you find a different way. If, if life is really blocking you, you find a different way and you go that route. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's what I would say to people, definitely. 100%, and uh, probably not a better note to end that on, but listen, if you're listening and you're in a position, thankfully, to, to maybe be able to support or help, and you want something slightly different for your Halloween anyway, or this weekend, while we're back in lockdown, Mystic Demon Killer is the name of the movie. You can get it online. Uh, David Fussell is the gentleman's name. And listen, David, yeah, it's been an absolute you'll find pleasure. You'll the links very easily on the internet. So uh, Brilliant, yeah. Well, listen, thanks a million for popping on, uh, we'll, uh, and we'll listen We'll chat to you again very soon. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much indeed.